1: God, I thank you that today you're going to speak to us in the brief moments we're going to have in this time of message. God, we want to know you, and we want to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn over your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter number two. Genesis chapter number two, verse number seven. As I lay there with my knee all shredded and my body aching all over, the first thought that went through my mind was, breathe. Breathe. Sometimes you've got to learn to breathe, and by the end of this message, I hope that you will understand why that's important. But we're in a study here called Every Word. In Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7, there is a difference in this moment than the others that have preceded it. The Lord is in His action of creation. But here in Genesis 2, He says, or it says, Then the Lord God formed... It doesn't say spoke, but he formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed, he formed, and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. And the Lord bless his word. You know, we are on a study that we began a few weeks ago. Do we want God to speak to our hearts? Last Sunday, I shared with you a testimony that I feel I would be robbing you if I didn't share with you the second part of that testimony. Just if you weren't here, let me sum that up for those that weren't here so that you understand the part of the testimony that we're talking about. A few weeks ago, we began this study and we began to pray, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I've learned when God talks, you need to listen. So it's Wednesday evening, we're having a prayer time, and a lot of times because of the multiple services we can't take quite as much time, and, and so on Wednesday night we take a little extra time, we were praying for the sick, and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and He said, you make sure you pray for little Elijah. And our second service last week, Elijah's father shared this testimony. Elijah has a, a condition that would prevent him from growing normally, and so he has a metal subskeleton that is, is, is forcibly Uh, turned, cranked up every uh, six months to cause growth. If not, his lungs and heart would all be compressed and it would would not survive. And so Elijah's subskeleton had come unattached in a portion and was actually digging into a nerve and had him in tremendous pain. I knew that the next morning he was going in for surgery to have that put that part put back in place, and then everything would be back on track, and he would be prepared for his next turning of, of the skeleton. As I felt led to pray, I felt led to distinctly pray and ask God to God that they're going to go further than expected, they're going to accomplish more than expected, and God, you're going to His recovery is going to be quicker than expected. As I distinctly prayed that, I didn't know what God was doing. I just knew what God was speaking into my heart. And so the next morning, and this is the testimony we heard last week, and I'm going to bring you up real quick to speed. The next morning, they awaken to surgery. They go into surgery. The doctor cuts, open him, cuts him open here where he's going to do the adjustment. And as he cuts him open, he hears a voice, and he's a Christian, and he says, God spoke to me plainly. And he said, God spoke to me three times because I argued with him. He said, God said, take out the subskeleton. He said, no, Lord, I couldn't do that to this little boy. And he said, God said again, take out the subskeleton. Lord, I'm not going to do that to, to little Elijah. And God spoke again and said, take out the subskeleton. As he heard God the third time, God's speaking to you. How I many you know God can speak to you? Come on, amen. And, and this doctor said, uh, I've never had this happen to me before, but he said, I looked down and I noticed some clear liquid in, a, in, in, in an abundance. And he said, I knew I needed to investigate this. And so he said, I had to, uh, I just opened him up completely. It went from, a simple surgery to a massive surgery. I opened him up completely and he said, I did exactly what the voice told me to do. I reached in and I removed his entire subskeleton. He said, when I did that, I noticed that there was a severing of his spinal cord that had occurred in an accident that the subskeleton would have prevented us from being able to see, and it would have possibly taken his life. And he said, because of the voice that spoke to me, I was able to remove the subskeleton, fix the problem with his spine, save his life, and Elijah, as of last week's testimony, was better than, than he was before with the subskeleton. That's worth giving God praise for Elijah's father came to church, testified, we rejoiced over this last Sunday morning, but then after that, Elijah's dad, Carl, went to the hospital, and he and Stephanie were in the room, and they, they were there, and as they were in the room, they have in the hospital rooms those little white boards that on the wall, it says, this is our goals for today. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? Here's our goals for today. And he had three distinct goals for the day for little Elijah. One, that because he was in such pain, if you touched him, he would scream in agony. Uh, they wanted to reduce the pain level so that they could reduce him off, one, reduce him from his pain meds, Amen. two, remove his IV fluids. And three, because of the extreme pain, he was laid flat on his back due to the massiveness of the back surgery. He was laid flat on his back, and they said they wanted to take him to an incline on his bed, not even a, a major incline, but a gradual incline on his bed. That's a pretty good goal for a major intrusive surgery. Well, here's what happened. Carl and Stephanie are sitting there. All of a sudden, the nurse walks in the room, and the Spirit of God moves on Carl, and Carl speaks into the nurse's life. She said, why are you telling me this? He said, because God told me to tell you. And he told her what God told her to tell her, and she began to just be overwhelmed. And Stephanie and Carl, for several minutes, ministered while the presence of the Holy Spirit fell in the hospital room. As they finished praying with this young nurse, they turned and noticed that Elijah was sitting there with tears streaming down his face, just streaming down his face. And, and the nurse looked at him and said, sweetie, are you hurting so bad? And he shook his head, no. No. And they said, what? what's wrong? Why are you crying? And he, he wouldn't respond to them. And and finally, Stephanie felt a prompting in her heart and, and said these words to him, Elijah, has God spoken to you? Now remember, the, the whiteboard says off pain medicines, off IV fluids, and maybe a slight incline on the bed today. And he said, yes, God has spoken to me. And she said, well, what did God say to you? And tears are just running down his face. And he said, God told me to get up and walk. The next thing they knew, Elijah slipped out of his bed, walked all the way down to the nurse's station, turned around and walked all the way back from the nurse's station. Come on now, amen. They didn't put him back in bed. He sat down in a wheelchair, looked up at his daddy, and his daddy said, what do you want to do now? He said take me to the gift shop come on now amen and i thought to myself We have our own goals in life, but what we really need is a word from God because a word from God can take you out of the bed of your pain and take you out of the bed of your trouble and will help you to arise and walk into the victory that Jesus Christ has called you to walk in. How many are thankful for a God who still speaks, is still able, and is still faithful? Why don't you give that kind of God a praise like he deserves because he can speak into your life. Amen. You see, this is what we're talking about in this series, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, you need to hear from God. We think we need what needs to be done in our life. You can, God, give me this, and if you'll take care of this, and if this happens, I'll be better. Now, what you need is a word from God. You need to hear from the Lord. Why do you need to hear from God? We've studied in this series, quickly, I'm going to go through this because I want to get you somewhere today, but we've studied in this series that it's important to understand that the voice can only reproduce what the ear can hear. And this is important too because the Bible says over and over again, let he that has an ear uh, hear, listen and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Over, it says that this can't become a reality in their life unless they hear the Word and then become doers of the Word because they've become hearers of the Word. The importance of hearing from God, the significance of hearing from God is paramount in our lives because here's the problem. We can't produce the love that we need to have in our life if we haven't heard the love from God that we need to have. We can't produce the victory that we need to walk in in our life if we haven't heard the calls of victory from God. We cannot produce what will help us go from where we were to what God's called us to if we don't hear what God has to say about it. And what you desperately need is not another preacher's voice. You need a word from God. You need to hear from the Lord because learning how to hear God's voice is the answer to the majority of your problems. God's speaking to us today. But here's the problem. Many of us are happy with God speaking to the pastor. We're happy with God speak. See, see we, we, we hear Pastor Danny get up and say, I feel the Holy Spirit up here today. And we're like, all right, as long as he stays up there and doesn't come back here, good service. But that's not what God wants. God doesn't want a distance between you and him. He, he wants to close the gap. He wants you to know him, to feel him, to, to be embraced by him. But here's the problem. Are you ready for this? The Most of us, we're like, no, no you can hear from God, and then, then everybody can think you're the crazy one. But the real reality is most of us are afraid of what God is going to say. Amen. Good. We don't want to hear from God because we're really afraid of what God's going to say because we're not going to, we don't we know that there's some things in our lives that won't line up with what God's already said. Come on. Come on. Fruit fruit. Help me with just an amen, I'll hurry. Amen. Man, I needed that. <laughs> See, here's the problem. We have an Exodus 20 mentality. And in Exodus 20, this is the, the, the passage where the Bible says this, and I love the way the voice translation says this. It says that, uh, and, and God, Exodus 20, verse number one says, uh, and then God began to speak, watch this, directly to all the people. He stopped speaking through Moses, and he said, I'm going to talk to you myself. I want you to hear my voice. And here's what begins to happen. Verse number two, he says, and let me tell you a few things you need to know. Don't have any other gods before me. I am, I am the living God, he says. Wow. He lays it out. He said, I am the true and the living God. He says, don't even make an image of me. Don't make any kind of images of God. Don't bow down before anything else. And they go, oh, okay. And, and then, then, he, then he starts laying out. He says, and, and, and here's another problem. You better honor the Sabbath. And, he, and, then, and then he goes on, and, 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 and you know what begins to happen? The people start backing up, because then he says, don't don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't covet. And then he says a really big one, honor your father and mother so that you and your children can live longer. And the people in the crowd go, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't want to hear that, because I guarantee you there were adulterers in the crowd. I guarantee you there were liars in the crowd. I guarantee you there's some thieves in the crowd. And what do the people do? Because God's saying something they don't really want to hear in verse number 18. And this is what it says. And as all the people witnessed the signs of God's presence, the blast of the ram's horn, the roaring thunder, the the flashing lightning and the smoke covered mountain, they shook with fear and astonishment and wisely kept their distance. Notice this verse 19. They said, we are afraid to have God speak directly to us. We don't like what he has to say. And we are certain if he keeps talking to us, we're going to die. And he said to Moses, you speak to us instead. You hear from God and you speak and we promise we'll listen to you because you see, we know you're junk, Moses, and we can justify ourselves against you, but there is no justification against God. Wow. You see, the reason you're afraid of what God is going to say to you, listen to me carefully, is because you don't know God's heart towards you. The reason you're worried about what he's going to say is you don't know how God feels about you. Can I tell you how God feels about you? Are you ready for this? This is what God has been saying to you your whole life. Ready? I love you. I love... It's deep. It's deep. It's theologically sound. It's deep. But it's, I love you. Can I tell you something else he says? He says, I see you and I still love you. Can I use a phrase, a good Southern phrase? I know you and I know your kind and I still love you. I still love you. I saw you, and yet while you were still in your sins, I went to a cross and I died for you because that's my heart towards you. It's love. It's overwhelming love. It's love that we'll never understand, and that's what God wants to say to us, and we desperately need to hear from God. You don't know how bad you need to hear from God. Proverbs tells us in 29, verse number 18, it says, without an ongoing progressive revelation or vision, is the way that word is summed up, man will perish. Without God speaking into our lives, regularly, we're not going to make it. My wife and I have been on this this new journey. It is the first time in 27 years of marriage we've ever done this. But we, this summer during the hot season, we have been on a journey and this journey has involved a craving. And the other day I thought my wife was ministering to my soul until I realized what was happening. She said to me, I told her something I wanted really bad, and she said to me, well, you just need to go ahead and go get that, because if not, you're going to do the whole cabinet slamming thing. (laughs) Anybody else know what I'm talking about? She said, you're going to go home. I said, what do you mean cabinet slamming thing? You're going to go home, and you're going to open every cabinet we have, and you're going to slam it shut and say there's nothing to eat. You're going to open the refrigerator 15 times, and it'll be the same thing that was in there the last time. Because you've got a craving, you might as well satisfy it. And I thought, you know what, thanks for revealing how I, my, my modus operandi, thanks for revealing that to me, but, the, but you know what, and then I got to thinking about it, you're telling me to solve a craving that I think you suggested in the first place. So we both went and got a blizzard that night. Come on now. Amen. But the reality was we were craving something. When you're craving something, listen to me, that's why you bring people, places, and things in and out of your life, because you're craving something that no matter what you eat will satisfy. And I want to show you how much you're craving this, and I want to hurry when I do this, but I want to show you how much you're craving what you don't even know you need. What does the Bible say about light? That God said, let there be light. God spoke it. What did God say about the earth to be formed? He said, let the earth be formed, right? He spoke it. What did he say about the waters? God spoke it. What did he say about the fish that would inhabit the waters? God spoke that. What did he say about the birds? He spoke that. The animals, he spoke them. The stars, the, the sun, he spoke all of that. And because his spoken word was put into the, into the atmosphere, it is literally the anchor that holds all of that in place. Why do birds migrate? Because God spoke it. Why does the do the animals multiply? Because God spoke that. Why do certain things do certain things? Because God spoke all of that into place. Do you know the one creation that he didn't speak over? Us. He formed us and he breathed upon us. You see, if the anchor words of the, of the command of God that the universe reacts to, because when he said, let there be light, light is still expanding at the edges of our universe in a, uh, in an unbelievable fashion. If you were to study the depths of the light and the, the billions and billions of galaxies, it, it, it's, it's unbelievable. But as we realize that that is happening because it's anchored in the command of God, so we lack that anchored command. This is why Jesus said, you don't live by what you think you need. What you really need is to hear from God. And listen to me, I want you to get the simplicity of what I'm about to say to you. Your body is craving God, even if you don't know it. The name of God, Yahweh. We don't know how to say Yahweh. Yahweh. Because the Hebrew people considered his name so sacred that they forbid anyone from saying his name, and in the forbidding of them saying his name, we understand that their problem with the vowels being removed. We, don't, we do not know how to really say the name of Yahweh, the living God. We don't know how to to utter his name. But Hebrew scholars recently have joined together, and they have they have they believe that quite possibly the way to pronounce the name of God. Ready for this. The way to pronounce Yahweh is synonymous with the sound of breath. Listen to me. So that when you... That you've called on the name of the Lord. That 23,000 times every single day... Yahweh, Yahweh, that what you're longing for from the bed of your pain that's got you flat on your back, what you're longing for, that you just want a few little goals settled in your life. Man does not live by bread alone, but what your body is craving, what makes you slam every door and look all around the world trying to find an answer, your body is telling you the answer over and over again. What I need is a... I need Yahweh. I need a word from the Lord because my body cries out with every my goodness what happens when pain happens to you? What do you do when you get sad? You breathe deep and what the body is trying to tell you is what it, you can't get through to your mind, that what you think you need. You need everybody to behave and or everybody to leave you alone, but what you really need is a touch from the living God and one word that will rest in your soul that changes everything. What we need is Yahweh, the living God, to speak into our lives. Why don't you give him a praise like he deserves? Amen. Here's the problem. The devil has so many of you not breathing right. He's got you worried about, worried, worried, worried about everything going on. Worry, worry. Well, you know what you need to do? If you're listening, I'm breathing in a bag right now. Come on, amen. <laughs> but, Calming down. That's what they teach the Navy SEALs. When your adrenaline starts rushing, calm your breathing. When life starts throwing you curveballs and hell starts screaming your name, calm your breathing and lift up your voice. Because there's one who's still calling Lazarus is out of the grave. There's one who's still speaking peace be still. There's one who answers the call of your breath. Would you stand with me today? Who within Christ dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily, Scripture tells us. But when God says this in the plurality of that moment, what he's saying is this. He's saying in the plurality of who God is, and God is one, and he is only one God, but in in the many facets of who he is, he was saying, listen to me carefully, I want to create man so they need us constantly. And did you know that the way that he created your hearing if you could hear everything that's happening around you right now it would drive you and it'd be like a superman moment you it would drive you crazy remember that one superman movie where where the the uh, Zod and the, they they suddenly can hear everything and they don't know how to balance it that's the way your life would be you wouldn't be able to balance those the, those sounds and those, I'm telling you, there's sounds that happen. I don't know how my dog does it, but about about three minutes before my wife pulls up, my dog gets up and walks to the window. I, I, her car must emit a certain sound. And it hears it. But the human ear can't hear every sound. But w- the only sounds that we can actually hear, listen to me carefully, are sounds that are in a 3 synchronized rhythm and when the three sounds come together those three levels come together those three waves come together to form a sound that we can hear it's a triune sound that we hear above all else it's the triune voice of the living god who hung on the cross and died for us the living god who shed his blood crying out, I see you, I love you, that your ears want to hear the most, because when hell says give up, he's crying out, no, keep living, keep breathing, keep moving, God is with you. I want you to bow your heads in this prayer.
0: today's word from pastor Don allen to help you get real with god fall in love with him all over again and live out your destiny now to learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at warhill join us online at warhill.com then join us in worship at one of our north georgia locations service times are sundays at 8 15 9 30 and 11 a.m where you will find real love now